but we are going to learn to sing this song. Okay. You can dance with it. Ephesians 6, verse 14 through 17. Of you, I mean, wait, 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 wait. All right, even if you don't, even if you can't even get away, that dance to the beat. Okay, okay, okay. Ne next time we shall sing a longer one. Hallelujah. Amen. And we've been going through the book of Ephesians. And for the past several weeks, we've been learning about putting on the whole armor of God. Now, today I'm going to turn a different angle to make it applicable to you and I at a different level. And I titled that this particular message The Courageous Christian. You see, when you read the Bible and you hear some big, big concepts, we fight, we don't fight against flesh and blood, principalities and powers. You may go around looking for the big, big powers, principalities, and powers. And as uh, Pastor Walsh told you, you may think it is your aunt or your uncle or the government or some of these things. But I want you to come and try to understand with me where Paul was when he wrote this. Paul had established so many churches. Jesus himself did not establish a church as such, but it was Paul, the first missionary journey, second missionary journey, third missionary journey, and he started so many churches. And wherever he established the church, he made sure they placed leaders in charge of that church. His preaching got him so many people to be saved. But his preaching also got him in trouble. 
Because as we are trying to establish from this sermon series, if you look at John chapter 10, verse 10, we like the part B. But John 10, 10 is a very, very loaded verse. How many can say it by heart or by road? Then they, they what? The thief comes to do what? To kill, to do what? And then what? So the enemy asks for him, he is a destroyer. Alright, but I have come, let's read the second part, those who can read it. I have come that they may have life and have it in its full. So this single verse has a two parts. The good part, or the bad part, and the good news. And most of our lives is like that. Most of our life is like that. When you don't get it, you get confused. So I said today we are talking about the courageous Christian. What is the meaning of courage? Courage, the dictionary says, courage is strength in the face of pain or grief. So there's pain, there's grief, but you are strong because of something. Oh, they say courage is the ability to do something that really frightens you. So if, if the thing is frightening and you are not able to do it, you don't want to do it, are you courageous or you are a coward? You are a coward. Amen. Hello. But we see the courageous coward. Hello, children, are, are you with me? Now, I'm going to show you something. In life, you see something and you quickly come to a certain conclusion. So, show me the plantain or show me the banana. How many of you, if they give you this plantain, you will take it and eat it? Oh, if they give you, if whether it's plantain or banana, they give it to you, you take it and you eat it. There are three, there are three possible things you can do. You can't complain, who oh, gave me this rotten plantain? And therefore, you can reject it. But there's a third part of something you can do with it. So let me tell you a nice story. A personal one. So, in 1982-84, I don't know which year, but we went to America to go to school. Those were the times of hunger and famine in Ghana. 
So we were passing a certain shop and I saw whatever looked like plantain. So I went near the plantain and said, how much? And I said, you want to buy plantain like this? It is rotten, but if you like, you can take it free. <laughs> you can take it free. Hello. Mrs. Wuba, can you use this plantain for something? Yes. What can you Ganama? What can you use it for? Kakro. Kakro. What can you use it for? Katale. What can you use it for? <laughs> okay. So you see, Ganaman. So what somebody doesn't like, another person likes. So I said, okay, please. Next time it is getting spoiled, you just call me. Ah, Hallelujah. There's something very bad or something dangerous about plantain. When you are frying it, eh? even those who say they are on fat-free diet, say, Fred, oh, Johanna, what are you people doing? Can I taste some? Can I taste some? We make sure we don't show them what the thing looks like. But when they eat it, they enjoy it. Hallelujah. Amen. I am trying to tell you what they say that when life gives you lemon, you turn it to what? Lemon. A lemon is. So when life gives you a rotten or overripe plantain, you turn it to what? Cacro or tatel. Talk for yourself. You are very good students. Now, the Apostle Paul was like that. And Apostle I'll prove Paul to you very soon, he was like that. Now, look at this picture. There's a picture of soldiers. Okay, right, produce fear or produce confidence. If you see soldiers like this, what would you think? Are, they, are you afraid or you, you like them? Sometimes. Well, if they are coming to your house that they are coming to arrest you, you will have diarrhea before they even come. Hello? Yeah. But I remember when the election is coming, they move around in the streets and do this with their armor tanks and all of those things to tell us that, look, everything is under control. That if anybody wants to cause trouble, they would demolish that person into their composite spare parts. Hallelujah. Paul had preached the gospel so much that he got into trouble. Particularly with the Jews who did not believe in resurrection. He had taught resurrection, preached resurrection. And many people were turning away from their idols and coming to Christ. He had met many, many, many governors who understood what he was talking about. But there was a last one he met who, was, who thought Paul would give him bribe and Paul did not give him any bribe. So they arrested the man. 
And all that he said is that, look, I appeal to Caesar. I want to go to the highest. I want to go to the capital, Rome, the capital. I want to go and meet Caesar himself. So, so you, appeal to, you appeal to Caesar and to Caesar you will go. So Paul was put under house arrest. Once a while, they would chain him to a soldier. And this is how Roman soldiers look like. My friend, if they chain you to somebody like this, or it's at the entrance of your house, what will you do? Will you try to run away? Can you run away? Because these people, when you run away from them, they themselves will be killed. So when they dress like this and come to you, what will you be have? What, what will you do? Look at the man's hat. Look at, look at it. He's troubled. Look at the, 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 the shield. And look at the spear he's holding. Look at them. Bema Kantinka standing there. And for about two years, we are told, these were the people who were guarding Paul. He looked at them. I'm sure the first few days, he probably did what he did in Acts chapter 16. Nah. Do you remember what happened in Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas Son. were in prison? What happened? They did what? Oh, help me, help me, help me, help me. I think I should come near you. What did they do? They sang. They sang in the night. And what happened? The Holy Ghost fell. And what happened? The gates were open. And what happened? And who decided to kill himself? The, the warder. Okay, so he had experienced something like this before. So he, I'm sure he sang and sang. You, see, you and I were not there. That's why I want to go to heaven because I have a lot of questions. And when I'm asking, the, when I'm dramatizing, I like to go and ask Paul, is it true or is it not true? So I like to go and see, Paul, what happened? He may have prayed and sang, but nothing happened. So, he looked at these soldiers very well. And observed them from head to toe. And something clicked in his spirit. Now, in life, take this as a principle. In life, what happens to you is not as important as how you react to it. Paul had worked in Rome. He had worked with soldiers, police. They had beaten him several times. So he knew them. But now that he was seeing them every day, the Spirit gave him an understanding. 
na wesiesia asrafo say e won akwantium nso eha no the soldiers that came to Paul had six things. Go back to my six things. They had six things. They had what? They had the belt. Go to the next one. They had a spear. He had a shoe. He had a helmet. He had a shield. So if you read most commentaries, they would say, the, the armor of the Roman soldier comprised six pieces. Mm -hmm. But look at what Paul did. Paul decided, okay, 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 okay. Now I'm going to stay with these people. Lord, give me an eye to see them differently. Give me an understanding of what this fight is all about. Lord, help me. So that my spirit will not be distressed. So long as I am alive, I must finish the plan you have given me. Amen. So give me insight. Amen. Give me foresight. Give me revelation. Today I'm, I'm dealing with only two. But you see, instead of the belt... Or the, the Roman soldier, when he, he, they wear a dress, where's my, my lady? I saw her dancing today. Beatrice. I can use her as a Beatrice. I saw her dancing, dancing, and she reminded me of a Roman soldier. B, where are you? Eh? She has run away. Now, the Romans will wear three pieces, always. The first piece comprised of a long dress that will be flowing like this. Then, there will be a shoe and an under one. So three of them. But the top one will be so flowing that they will need a belt to hold the whole thing together. So the first three were permanent. The first three were permanent. So Paul decided to look at the different. Oh, okay. Now, as a believer, there should be the belt of truth that we hold. That will hold us. When they throw an arrow or they throw a spear at the soldier, he defends himself with what? The breastplate of righteousness. The, the breast, he defends himself with the breastplate. And of course, Paul had no doubt when they were coming to see him. I mean, when we're old or young, when you buy your shoe called guarantee, what do you put under your guarantee? Those are, what do you put under your guarantee? They call it what? Talkings. Ah, the pastor boy. Talking. Talkings be one you're coming, everybody know. They know you are coming. The man is coming. So he knew that the sandals, but he said, when you are wearing yours, it should be what? The sandals of peace. Not the sanders of intimidation or putting fear in people. Now, Mpabwana Asra for Nishano Omudi Ndadiebiashi Shasia 
omo bana ejiji kaw 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 na ma wo yam sesu no wo kristo ni mpabo a esaw no edi asomjie na ebre amamfo a omo etwa omo hwesi being a jew he knew the story of david and goliath and how david threw one stone and he demolished goliath which part did david hit so, the Roman soldier is not going to do that. He put on a helmet, but Paul changed it. We'll see that later on. <laughs> then, the Roman soldier will carry a sword. That's a defensive one. If you play, I will cut you. He saw the sword, and he decided, okay, the sword also has an equivalent in the Bible. And then the last one, of course, we've seen that already. The last one, the sword of the, the last one. Did the soldiers have the last one? Number seven, did they have it? Does Rome have it? Do the thieves have it? Who has it? We have it. So he looked at them and said, no, 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 no. These people, they think that they have come to harm me. But anytime I see them, I will reframe what they are doing and I'll make it a prayer point. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister of the belt, I have this, I have this. So every piece that they had, they had an equivalent. Remember, we're talking about the courageous Christian. I'm saying courage means that you make a certain, you are afraid, but you make a certain decision to go anyway and do it because you, it is based on something. And for the Christian, the basic thing, the last one is that for anything within prayer and fasting, he can speak to God about it. So these soldiers only gave him the opportunity to understand more what his God can do for him. The armor is God's armor anyway. The armor is God's armor. So it's not his armor. But he is just reinterpreting it. So midway, let's look at what the belt of truth stands for in the Bible. The belt was put around the waist. And around the waist, around the waist, you have your groin, you have your inner part, you have your stomach, you have a lot of things around the waist to hold you together. Now, what does a belt mean? It, he calls his stand firm then with the, wear, with the belt of truth buckled firmly around your waist. Paul is not talking about the belt that you go and buy, whether it is 6 inches or 12 inches or 24 inches. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. He's going to what for? 
ebe kura wo ho odi be bo wo mu ye ahya wo ho den na wogi na painting in our languages in our culture we use a lot of symbolism so if i write something so oh, this is dollar this is pound this is cd those things you don't really know what they are but when you see the symbols you understand what it means so when you say the belt now from now on christian when you see the belt the belt is the truth the truth is found in where god's word that truth guides you in decision making. That truth is what you need for your daily living. The truth is what makes you know that Jesus is the ultimate. The devil is a liar. He comes to destroy, but Jesus has come to give you abundant life. You don't forget about that truth. The truth allows you to know that, look, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, and that what God has given to you what is eternal life. That's the belt. You are standing on that ground. That look, if you're able to kill me, you can only destroy the flesh, but you cannot destroy the spirit because my master lives and he reigns forever. Hallelujah. So just like the soldier puts on that belt. We are to put on that belt, and it means it is around us. We stand on it, it holds us, and we never and ever let it go. If you let it go, your dress will be flying left and right. People will be confusing you. You don't know who you are. And the Roman belt, well, I mean, let's just use it. The Roman belt was a very serious belt. They had knives in it. They had even their food in it. They had a lot of things in it. But this one is the truth based on knowing the word of God, knowing the truth about yourself, knowing and accepting what God has done for you. Hallelujah. Roman 4, a belt now modi bo momono, and no a crown, momodi nyomo shishe shishim. Now, O Christo ni ubati and yanko pawa sama wudi bo mo, and noon a mau to me, and noon a crown ye a wutimi tu, O Christo ni appoint you. You know, it is interesting that these days we have a lot of uh, bishops in the uh, charismatic Pentecostal churches. They say, bishop, bishop, bishop. bishop. We had some meeting with the Roman Catholics that when they are called bishops or those dresses that they wear, they, the, the buttons, every button is a prayer point. Just like the rosary. Every button is a prayer point. And when they are putting on the button, they are praying this, Hail Mary, he do this, do that. I say, eh, is that so? So there's a number for it. It's not just keke. I'm telling you, next time you are putting on your belt, let it be what? The belt of what? The belt of truth. And what does it mean? The power lies in what it means and what it can do for your spirit and what it can do in the fight against the devil and the world that wants to destroy you. Na Roman penimfono, omuntare no omushishenu, omubishopu fono, 
atade na o xe na batim bia e bo atade ni mu no nkirase e wo ho na o xe otum ana o bie no e wo mpai bo a obo nti wo kristo ni wo nsoso e wo xe watade e wo bie watade mpai bo ba na wo bo e wo sa wo nsoso wo mpai bo bia de bia rada wo be bo ama wo ho ansana mpo wo be pie now we have the the breastplate of righteousness the breastplate <laughs> after the truth paul now moves to the chest the breast now give me the armor what it looks it's a very long tunic from the neck to almost the waist down now give me the picture of somebody wearing it you have the the, the breastplate it's a very long dress it covers the heart it covers the organs the liver the kidney as far as the ancient Jew and Hebrew people were concerned, your heart is where your emotion is. Your heart is where your affections are. When you say you love or you hate, they are all coming from your heart. So when he's saying, put on the whole armor and put on the breastplate of righteousness, he's saying at least a number of things must happen. Now, Romani. Okurasa dia we e de bone ho ban e bone bo e katana kuma e katana kidney ni ni be bia na wa kuma ho no e ho na wa tenkan wo na se onu romani e kura ne ho sei na wa hwe ne ho su ye wo kristo ni nso so e wo nya me som no de ye den wo de kura wo ho ana so whatever you throw at him between the belt if the belt doesn't get it the armor or the breastplate will get it this is the combination off the belt and the breastplate. That's what it looked like they wore. Everyone. That's why David could not wear it. Akodia Romani Asra for Esiseni. Say Otuni Bibi. Say yes, you say ya piano. Otuna say nebas nanjia near a katanebono ebeje. Sansuna wusu Christo ni fanyame sum ebow fanyame asem ebow who bind. Sanya bea nia a tamfono batua bow ninara. All right, now let's, let, let's, let's go to a few of the things that are represented by the breastplate of righteousness. One, it means you have a right relationship with God. God has saved you. Christ has saved you. He's your Lord and Savior, given. If you don't have that, then nothing protects you. He is our righteousness. God is our righteousness. But secondly, righteousness means doing the right as far as others are concerned. So you just follow me. Yeah. You, you love God. As Jesus said, you love God and you love your neighbor what? As yourself. You are the one who tells the truth. When there are certain things that are coming to you, the last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and something is being planted to your mind, you say, no, 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 I will not accept this because I know the truth. Simply put, Paul is asking us to do what he will write about later on in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. He said, 
let your mind be renewed. You must become a living sacrifice. Let me ask you, what is the difference between a dead sacrifice and a living sacrifice? What is a sacrifice? It means something that you, are, you have, a dead sacrifice, you have killed an animal, you've killed a goat, and so you are giving it to the gods. But a living sacrifice means that you are alive. Hello. So when they say come, you can run away and go. When they say bring the offering, you can decide not to bring it or you can reduce it. When it says don't do this, you can decide to lie and come to church. You can decide to fornicate and commit adultery and come. But to be a living sacrifice means that you have these feelings. They are there. But you say, Lord, because of the truth, because of Christ, I would not go there. And that sword of the spirit, that, that kind of attitude, the devil cannot defeat you, defeat you at any time. So when he told Jesus, if you're hungry, turn stone into bread. Say, hey, man shall not live by bread alone, my friend. I am hungry. It is not because of stomach that I'm going to say my wife is my sister and that we should divorce. She stays in America, I stay in Japan so that we can get connection and build a house. I won't do it. So the breastplate of righteousness is an important tool that we must use. Just looking at the picture, he says, watch it, watch it, watch it. You live in this world, live according to God's standard. Let's take the last slides. Now what does it mean? I'm asking you, what lessons can we learn briefly about the courageous disciple. I've changed it from a Christian to a, a disciple. Lessons now, for the courageous disciple. To be a disciple means you have decided, you have made up your mind that you will follow Jesus. It may not be easy. It has never been easy. But that is your determination. So the first one, you learn that life may not be fair, but God is still on his throne. Paul, Paul didn't do anything that deserved his being in prison for two years. But he was there. If it were you and I, would be crying every day. He was there, and eventually, he wrote a lot of letters, including even changing Somebody's dress to become a preaching point. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul, worship God in spirit and in truth, no matter what our circumstances are like. So the second one, you see, if you go to the book of Philippians, which we will look at next year, he said, because of my imprisonment, 
all the people, all the saints in Caesar's palace, they now know what the gospel is. And they know I am in prison as Christ's ambassador. Hallelujah. Number three, you and I can look at ordinary things in this life. Anybody can look at them. But can you look at the ordinary things in this life and draw certain lessons from them as a disciple to guide the way you live for Jesus? You can look at the trotro, you just finished gossiping, then he just passed by and say, one who pass him. Or oh, mind your own business. He just passed. Say, oh, eh, the Lord is talking to me. Please forgive me. Look at the birds. They come and fly. They take something and they go and eat it. Look at the ants. They are gathering the crumbs from your table. You say, Proverbs 6, look at the ants. They are saving towards a rainy day. All of these life lessons, can you learn from them the courageous Christian learns from the things around. Now, give me the hand. So, Paul, the courageous Christian, gave us some prayer points that we can use. But I, I can also leave you some other prayer points that you may consider today. So, we learn this. You see, sometimes when we grow, we think we have grown, and we have grown too much from some basic lessons. And that is where we backslide. We forget the small, small thing. So, in SU, secondary school, high school, we're taught, oh, if you want to pray, use your five fingers. What is the thumb? Give me the thumb. The first one. Yes, this is close to you. So use it in prayer every day about your family and your friends. Your wife, your children, your spouse, your family, your auntie, your uncles. You are praying and praying and praying, praying for them. What do you use this finger for? The second, this long one. Is we use it to point. Accusing fingers. <laughs> yeah, the so, but this finger should help you to do what? Can you read it with me? Those who can see, read it. Let's read it together. The key is there. Next is what? The pointer. That's the finger. So pray for who? Pray for who? Those who teach, those who do what? Instruct, and who? Pastors, missionary teachers, and all those who are teaching the journalists, all those on the media, those who are influencing us, how are you praying and praying for them? Because we are asked to pray all kinds of prayer. And that's what Paul was saying. This Roman, he just put his dress and came. Lasso, lasso, lasso. But he doesn't know how to pray. But I know how to pray. 
and I've given you that formula, you can also use it to pray every day and be a victorious Christian. Number three, the oh. middle finger. What's the middle finger? It's the tallest. Pray for who? Government officials, administrators, judges, lawyers, business leaders, industry, Ghana, America, wherever they are. They influence us a lot. Instead of complaining, is, is this teaching you to do something about it? Hello? Hi. Are you with me? Yes, sir. So the Christian is to reframe our mind and be God's agent of change by petitioning not the bazookas and the spears and the swords, as much as that's important, but go. Parliament this ring finger, what does it represent? Please look at the diagram. You can come out later on. What does that represent? Those who are doing what? Struggling. The poor, the needy, the widows, the orphans, and all of that. And the last one, doing what? Yourself. Bow me. You are for yourself, you have to pray for yourself. Assuming you even use one finger to pray one minute, how many minutes you lose praying? If you use one, one, one finger to pray two minutes or five minutes times five, how many minutes? So when we are talking about the whole armor of God of the courageous Christian, God answers the prayers here. He doesn't want you to bring it to heaven. May he bless you and teach you and cause you to have an encounter with him that translates into a daily life both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.